Hello, and welcome to Living Your Juiciest Life Ever. This is a place where we love to empower women to step into owning their voice, claiming their joy, and really living from a full cup. This is a place where we have weekly conversations with women that have gone from burnout to being on fire, to selfless, to selfful, from self-loathing to self-love, and really living from that juicy place. If you're ready to live, step into your juiciest life ever, this podcast is for you. And today, I am absolutely thrilled to um, have Nancy Nancy Gaskins. She's got a long, longer name than that, so I should actually say the whole thing. So, <laughs> no, please don't. It's okay. Don't. All right. <laughs> no, Nancy Fantabulous is fine. Nancy Fantabulous <laughs> works extremely well because I absolutely think that of all of the things that you do. Now, Nancy is an incredible serial entrepreneur and she, her biggest core, and this is something that whenever I'm describing her, that I would describe her as someone that actually plants seeds of hope to entrepreneurs. And as I've heard her say, she'd like to kick your butt all the way to the bake. So she really has a true belief in abundance and prosperity and really wants to help support people into stepping into their their truth, their businesses, and to really become eagles in their lives. She's been an entrepreneur forever, ever since she was a child. And she's now got over 30 years of business development experience. And she's launched a very, very unique platform in and amongst the many things that she does that's called a Lunch and Learn program. It's Meet My Referral Partners. And uh, there will be links that we're going to post on the description of the show. And her whole focus is to help others to rise faster, go farther, faster in your business. And she holds a great uh, event every Friday. And again, the links will be posted. And so if you'd like to jump on and see what her act is really all about, this is a great place for you to be. So. Getting into, so welcome, Nancy. I'm so happy that you're here. I am thrilled to be here, Kate. It's an honor. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate you taking your time out of, I know you're already very full and long days. So I loved in the, um, you had mentioned uh, before that you always talk about uh, being an eagle and not down in the dirt like the turkeys. And so, did you ever experience a time in your life, you know, whether it's in business or outside of business, where you were giving too much and not actually feeding yourself first or putting your own oxygen mask first? Absolutely. I'm a military spouse and I had to, I didn't have to, it was a choice. I, I chose to follow my husband around from duty station to duty station and support him in his career. And so what that meant was my career always had to take a back burner. So yes, I did feel that quite often. And you know, you win some and you lose some. I have now I've uh, married almost 40 years and I have moved over 30 times. And so every single time, and I've lived all over the world and across the United States, as well as abroad. And every single time I would have to start at the bottom and work myself up again. 
And so, you know, you lose your identity and, you know, it, it's not like back then. It wasn't like it is today where you've got a really nice mobile lifestyle. You can have the laptop lifestyle now, which is what I love. But back then we didn't have that option. So, yeah. so absolutely. And so how did you uh, manage in that situation to uh, be an entrepreneur if you were moving on such a regular basis and because we didn't have the mobility that we have now? Well, I would go into an area and I, you know, baby needs a new pair of shoes. So we needed to keep the lights on. So I would basically take any job that was available. And so that enabled me to work in a variety of industries and capacities. Not always was there something available. And so at that point it was great because then I got to put my entrepreneurial hat on and I would create my own business. And I've done that several times. And, you know, I've been, I've been an entrepreneur since childhood. So I always had my fingers into doing something all the time, because that's really what makes my heart sing. I really believe that that's uh, what can cure a lot of ailments going on in the world is, is entrepreneurship. So anyways, so it, it's been a uh, challenge. It's been a blessing and a curse from time to time. But uh, again, you just have to think outside the box. And if you need to make money, what can I do using your current skill sets or things that you've learned? And so I was able to do that. It's amazing because I think, I mean, your whole life has been like a preparation for this serial entrepreneurship that you're, you're, you're building now. And the resilience that that type of lifestyle and the flexibility that you've gained from it is is huge because i mean if you're you're moving 30 times in in that period of time where you're constantly in some place new it's like who will i be today well what was interesting is uh at the time it wasn't very fun my resume looked like i was a job hopper you know i would be bouncing from industry to industry i've held all these different licenses and done all these different jobs and all that stuff and one day i woke up and realized this was the marketing uh experience you know coming to play I redid how I did my resume. Instead of focusing on all those jobs, I started talking about all my skill sets and the different industries. And all of a sudden, a whole new world was opened up to me. And one day, I, you know, again, I was like, holy cow, let's not do that wage per hour any, anymore. I learned to go in and within, you know, a week, I could tell that owner everything that was wrong with his business. I got wow. that good. And so now I know, you know, God had a plan for my life that, you know, although it was frustrating me at the time, I didn't realize that all those valuable skill sets that I was learning. So that's how I really uh, came to be an expert in small business development, simply because I had worked in so many different businesses and so many different industries in all these different levels that um, I have insight that nobody else has kind of like real estate. I love real estate because I've lived in all these different houses. Again, I can walk in and I can tell you everything that's wrong with a house, <laughs> you know, for a family. So, so anyways, like I said, at the time, you don't, you don't feel like it's very good because it was, you know, frustrating having to start over. But now looking back, I'm like, wow, I did get a lot of experience and education from the school of hard knocks that <laughs> not many people get. Well, it's interesting because you used a phrase where you felt like you were in a chicken coop. And what just came to mind for me right now is that I think you were in an incubator. You're exactly you right. Know? And that is, that is That's a phenomenal. Great, yes. That's phenomenal. Yes. I love that. And so it, that. it's kind of like your life and God was preparing you for what was coming. 
And in each phase, in each place, right, you became more and more adaptable and you and, and you saw like the perspective that you have is really awesome because even though you could see what was wrong going on in a house, you could also begin to focus on what were the skill sets that you grew in each environment. I didn't do that until just a few years ago. Not, I think it was two years ago. Um, when I was asked, I kept, kept rewriting my bios. And so I was speaking for this women's event and they'd asked me for my bio and I went, well, here I am writing my bio again. And I was, I'm going to go look up on Google and see what, maybe it's going to give me some better guidelines. And then I realized, and I started to write down all of the things that I've actually done in my life where you did that all the way along and each skill set you accumulated. So the focus was so pre preparatory for the greatness and the great place and platform that you've created now and for where you want to take it. You know, it's just phenomenal. And, you know, some people have worked for, you know, one or two bosses their whole entire life. And, you know, that's another area that I love the fact now, now looking back because bad bosses and bad leaders drove me bananas. But now I, now that I know what I know, I've learned from all of them. Mm -hmm. You know, I've learned from the great ones. I had some wonderful bosses, some wonderful mentors, as well as the ones that wasn't so bad. And, you know, you've got that in the back of your mind. I will never be like that. I will never do that. You know, note to self. <laughs> Not doing that one. Cross that yes. one out with a big, big, yes. big, big, big X. And so what defining moment, because this is really good, because it's this progression that you went through of accumulating and recognizing all of the skill sets. When did you um, make the shift out of that? the job mentality, because you, you touched on it, and then you started to do the skill sets, and you could go in and you could do that. So what happened as a result of that? Did you then get hired for different positions or? Uh, I started in going in more of in a consultant capacity, getting paid for how I could save them money or make them money. Those were the two, you know, the languages that business owners understand. Mm -hmm. And so several businesses that I went into, I would ask for uh, a base pay plus a percentage of whatever amount that I could save them or make them. And that really, you know, was a lightning bolt for me because I ended up making more money than some partners were making in some of these firms. And that didn't sit well for a lot of people. I'll just let you know that, you know, that, but what really happened, I think the breakthrough was actually when my husband was injured in Iraq and it put my career just on total hold, I became a caregiver. And so I was able during that time, even though I was taking care of him to reevaluate and, and look at the things that really made my heart sing and the, the jobs that I had that I really, really loved. I was a dean of education, loved teaching, that kind of stuff. But I also learned that I love, you know, the speaking and, and coaching, but not in a sense of where they're sitting there wanting a piece of paper but I wanted to be around the people who valued what I brought to the table and they would go and implement it. So that was a big piece that I realized right away. And, and hence why I'm not in higher education anymore. Uh, simply because, you know, a lot of people 
don't value, you know, you're there to learn so that you can apply that to a job situation and uh, not just for that piece of paper. And so, you know, I've really started in focusing and thinking on that. And so when he retired, it gave me a new start because then I felt like, okay, it's my turn now because we're both young. He was in his, you know, uh, late thirties and and that's really young to, to get to retire. And he was injured and he had 23 years in the, in the service. And so then I could really start focusing on, okay, what is it that I really want to be when I grow up? Mm-hmm. This is the only time in my life where I get to do what I want when I want. And, and, and the world is my oyster. And that's kind of scary. People don't, you know, sometimes you never get that chance, but here I was pondering and thinking, what do I do now? What's, what's the next half of my life going to look like? Because I plan on living to be over a hundred. <laughs> and so you asked that question and, yes. and then what happened? Uh, then my daughter got a divorce and I let her move in with me, with her grandchildren, with my grandchildren. And that put me on hold again. <laughs> now I know where the chicken coops coming in. Yes. <laughs> And it was and an so, incubator still. Yes. And yeah. so, so it, it got time for her to uh, fly the coop. You know, we kind of helped her get on her feet a little bit. And that was the time that all of a sudden the pieces started coming together. And I had um, a, a friend, uh, Debbie McKinney, Debbie with a Y McKinney. And she sent me a message over telling me about a Laurel Langmire event event. And I was very much aware of who Laura Langmire was. I have her stuff in my library and I thought, okay, this is the perfect time. I'm going to kick this thing off. It's time. I'm tired of, you know, I have the time, anything but time is what I have. I mean, I've got all the time in the world, so let's do this thing. And so I just started saying yes to everything Mm. opportunity. I just felt like God was throwing things at me. Yes. Hey, Nancy, you want to do this? Yes. And then all of a sudden, it just the pieces started falling in place. It's been an exciting journey now for about a year. That's amazing. It's still fresh. Very fresh and still evolving. I mean, it's like we're evolving every single day. In fact, I know you've said it, you know, a lot of people have have trouble keeping up with me because, (laughs) uh, you know, what I'm doing is when I'm talking to entrepreneurs, I'm finding out what you need. And so we just add it on. If it's something that we can do or something that we can add, I want you to be successful in your businesses. So I want to be able to give you, you know, access to the tools and the resources that you need to grow, mm-hmm. you know, to, to live the life of your dreams. And I, the way I say it is, what does that mean? It's a life worth smiling and talking about. If you're not out there talking and, and, and laughing and telling everybody about your wonderful life, and I don't mean that in a braggadocious fashion either. I just mm-hmm. mean that you're really proud of where you are and what you're doing, then you need to be doing something else. Well, and, and I was getting that, pieces of that. You know, mm-hmm. I would find, like I said, there was some jobs that I had that, man, you could tell I could work 24 hours a day and I would never be tired. Didn't even have to eat. You know, I mean, it's just like, that's the way I feel right now. Everybody's like, do you ever sleep? Ah, who needs sleep? <laughs> I sleep later. I'll sleep later. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and that speaking about that's living from that fulfilled place. So it's, you know, when we're living from uh, a place that isn't self-fulfilled, where we're not taking care of ourselves first, we can burn ourselves out because we're always in that place of instead of from a thriving place, it's more of a striving or struggling place 
to just get through another day. Like maybe this is going to get better. You know, maybe this is going to, you know, and it's not that it's like, it's time, it's time to, to like, it's time to live juicy. And so I really see that. I really get that that's something that you're doing. And I'm sure that it's in every area of your life and, uh, and always has been, I really get the sense of perspective that um, you have been a yes person and not so much to the detriment. Right. Um, I'm careful. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm so there's, just, you know, solid I, boundaries. I'm not risk adverse, you know, I take calculated risk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So somebody's actually, can just, I'm just going to put this on pause for a second. I love it. Yes. Well, I have a personal mission statement that I, you were talking about a well-balanced life and it is very, very important to me. Uh, and I try and tell everybody, but mine is to create and live a well-balanced life filled with purpose, achievement, and financial prosperity. And I think most people could agree with that would be uh, a good, you know, vision for somebody to have. And then I've got, you know, a variety of these commitments and it's talking about your health and, you know, because sometimes we get so busy working on one aspect. That's why our relationships suffer. Or we so much on relationships that we don't get to have, you know, the work and the learning and the personal development that, that we, you know, need for our, for our hearts. It's very true. Um, I see it sort of as well as uh, like the waves of an ocean, because it's going to be like, you know what, I need to start focusing a little more on that. So then something else is actually in the lesser side of it. So it's kind of like the ebbs and flows of the tide and, and from the waves of the ocean that it'll go sort of up and down. So as opposed to it being static, it's like, Oh, you know what? I've let this, I've let, I am not, I haven't been paying really good attention to my house. So I need to go, I need to go and address that because it's not going to be static. It's not going to be perfect. Yes. All the time. Exactly. You are exactly right. So it's bringing that balance, that movement of balance back in. So was there a place um, that you can think of that uh, as far as a challenge was concerned um, where you would say, well, that was kind of a failing on my part or, or a challenge that you went through that is something that really rings true for you to what it taught you to move forward in your life? Yeah. One of the biggest things, and since we're probably a lot of entrepreneurs on here, I got so excited about um, my bookkeeping service that I had one time that I allowed one company to take up the majority of my time. So I got rid of a lot of small clients that I had that I was serving because I thought, you know, and I say this all the time, people used to hear me saying, I thought I was all that in a bag of chips. I was feeling great because I had this wonderful big client that I was taking care of. And what ended up happening was they filed bankruptcy on me and I was left with all this money that they owed me and I could not pay my bills. And it put us in a financial tailspin. And that was a learning lesson because, um, and now I teach personal finance and that's, you know, (laughs) thing that's real close, near and dear to my heart. 
because I didn't have the emergency fund set up for the business, didn't have it set up for my family. I, you know, we were living paycheck to paycheck and all of those things. And I lost a vehicle and, and I almost lost where we were living and all of that simply because I made that one huge mistake. So if you're out there, you need to have several clients and not just be relying on one for the majority of your income. Uh, it was a hard lesson to learn and took months and months for me to dig out of that hole and it should have never happened, you know, but I thought it was great because I landed this big fish. Well, sometimes those big fish, uh, you know, I didn't know what was going on in their background. All I was doing was taking care of their books mm-hmm. and from this side of it, it was great, but I didn't have their whole umbrella and didn't realize it was their corporate structure. That was the one that was fixing to collapse. Amazing. Yes. And so if you're not actually even, uh, not just looking at from a client perspective, but, uh, also something else as far as, you know, multiple streams of income. Yes. Oh my goodness. I'm glad you mentioned that because this is one of my big, uh, platforms that I'm trying to teach inside our tribe. And if you're familiar with Robert Kiyosaki, the rich dad, poor dad, he has the cash flow quadrant and he talks about going from, you know, employee and self-employed over to the right side, which is investor and business owner. And, and the average millionaire has at least seven streams of passive income. And now that number probably is going up. But if there's anything that the pandemic taught us, Kate, is that we don't need to be reliant on one source of income. You know, anything can happen. Like right now we're in great health, you know, and we think, oh, I'll be able to work till the day I die because that's just inside me. I I probably will cut down my hours, but I'll always be doing something. That's what, you know, is in my mind. I feel the same way. Yeah. But the reality of it is something could happen to our health, you know, or, or, or anything that would cause us to have to stop working. And if you're Mm -hmm. in a position in your business where you're the one that has to do the physical work you're going to be in trouble. So you really need to start thinking about how you can transition over to a business owner and put yourself up to where maybe somebody else could run your business for you, or you own and operate or not necessarily operate, but you own other businesses that are providing income so that if something did happen, your, your livelihood would be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So something that uh, just came up when you were speaking about that as well as the differences between residual income and passive income. Um, I think Robert, if Robert Kiyosaki was talking, is talking about passive income, these are things that are uh, perhaps, okay, investments uh, or um, real estate or, you know, where we're the real estate's yes. not so much passive. It's still yes, kind yes. of, it's you more of that residual to, aspect because yeah. you got to keep your, you have to manage it. Yes. Or have somebody that can do that for you. Exactly right. But so looking at what other opportunities and possibilities there are in the passive realm, because we and, all only have so much time in the day. Exactly. Exactly. And a lot of people, and I promote direct sales companies, multi-level marketing companies and all of that. But again, that's not passive. They call it passive. No, it it's not. not. No, it is not because, you know, there. it's great. I'm not saying anything bad about it, but you really need to understand that definition. You know, truly you do something one time and that sucker will keep on providing income for you. And let me address that. Sometimes they talk about authors and music with that being, you know, the royalties being passive. 
Well, if that, if you're not being marketed and promoted, then those sales could dry up. So guess what? That nice little stream of income could also go away. So you need to be clear and focused on those definitions. And what it is that, what is it that I have the ability to fit into my life? Yes. Yes. And you want to be able to leverage your time and your energy in such a way uh, so that you're not having to work. You know, you want your money. I heard it this way one time. You want to put your money to work for you in such a way that one day your money is working harder than you do so that you no longer have to work hard for your money. (laughs) (laughs) So dress up your money in overalls and go put them to work so that they're working for you. Love that. And so are you teaching that in the, because you said you're now doing financial coaching? Yes. Yes. And that will be, um, as we grow our co-op, that Mm -hmm. piece to that, we're going to be having some educational components coming soon for folks who want to learn more about that. And right now we're in the crypto space. We're looking at some other, you know, some events and different things that we're putting our money to work in so that I can, uh, help provide a way for those everyday people who want to learn, you know, who, who need affordable options, to do that. And so sometimes it's scary, you know, putting your money to work. And so come over and join our group and do it together collectively and learn together. And that way, you know, you'll get your confidence up and, and, you know, $10 a month is, uh, if something was to happen to one of the projects, you're not going to die over $10 a month where if it was a thousand or 5,000, you know, it might have a higher ramification for you. So yeah. And and a lot of people don't, um, um, to even, uh, get into the space. So you've really provided an amazing opportunity for people to, like you said, that $10 a month to get into the habit of I'm investing this money. I'm not yes. donating it. I'm investing it. Can I lose yes. it there? Yes. There's a possibility, but right, yes. a different kind yes. of mentality. Yes. Get, get right. Okay. So Lovely. Next question. One, three and five, one, three or five years. What do you see as the next level of juicy for you? Well, I want to have 1 million entrepreneurs in our tribe. So that's my big bodacious goal that I want to have. I want to host annual retreats and conferences all over the world. One of my dreams since childhood is that I will have friends all over the world. And I do now. And every day I'm meeting new people. So it's so exciting for me. And I just cannot wait to actually go there. And I'm a hugger, you know, and hug all these people's necks. And and of course, we want to be able to write it off. So we got to have some training. So I think we should have these wonderful retreats and conferences for entrepreneurs all over the world. And that would be one. And then I want to have our Lunch and Learn Zoom Friday events. I want those world renowned and I want to have those in different time zones. And then, of course, we want to grow our investment club so that we have investment club chapters all over the world and that we are providing grants for startups. I want to help people, whoever wants to own and operate their own business. I want us to be able to help them do that. I just got an idea. We'll have to talk offline on that one. All right. You know me, I love ideas. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So just some ideas as far as how to expand that. You want to leverage it. You've probably already, you're probably already putting the plan together, but who knows? 
I think those are amazing, amazing goals, big dreams, big goals. And, uh, I always, when I talk about you, I go, she's kind of like, what was, <laughs> it's not an explosive. It's what I, I always call you a firecracker. I'll but you're bigger that. than a firecracker. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Dynamite comes in small packages, sister. <laughs> there you go. Dynamite. Yeah. But firecracker gets more manageable. If you say dynamite or, or, you know, there's some other, some other words. And I go, no, I yeah, can't so, use that Some one. people might disagree with you. <laughs> My husband probably been one of them. <laughs> Which one? The one that w- 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 disagree with, with me about what? Yeah, no, he had a great house probably more like dynamite. <laughs> I, well, I would say, yes, I would say. Oh, God. So a personal habit. And I know that your drive is, you know, never, you know, never stop with the personal development. And I think that that's, I think that's super important, especially if we definitely, if we want to keep on growing, but what is the one habit, like a simple habit or a simple routine that you do every day that helps to keep you on track and elevated? Well, I guess I should share my faith. I have a Christian and, you know, I spend time in prayer every day and before I make big decisions and, and all of that. So that probably should be my number one habit that I share with the world right now. But yes, I do believe in personal development. I have a stack of books always. I've got a library, yeah. uh, a wonderful library, but I would think that probably is what helps keep me grounded. And, you know, the book of Proverbs is, is filled with all kinds of great insights. If people will just take the time, you know, the book of wisdom for making decisions. And I didn't always follow that, obviously, you know, because I made a lot of mistakes in my life, but uh, don't want to repeat them. And so that's, that's another thing, you know, that we can make mistakes and you can fail forward. As John Maxwell says, if you're not failing, you're not learning. And so you're probably not growing and doing the things that probably God puts you here on this earth to do. So we need to fail a whole lot more. I think, I mean, there, there could be a whole conversation around that. And it's, it's really about teaching children from, I mean, teaching like for kids to learn at a really young age to uh, fail forward. Because I, I don't think in very many homes or understandings that we're actually taught that. No, it's all about winning. And I laugh because I'm the most competitive person on this planet. I mean, I'm always been, you put me up for a challenge and I am there. <laughs> I'm going to win, you know, but at the same time, just like you said, um, you're just not trying enough. And so many times with entrepreneurs, what I find and, you know, we're an odd bunch. I realize that not everybody can take us. I mean, I've got family members that I drive them bananas. I mean, they just cannot understand, uh, you know, how I operate. But it's like um, you've, you've got to just get up, dust your pants off. Most of the time, if you fail once or twice, you give up. And mm. a few years ago, I did research and it said the average entrepreneur has failed 17 times before they make it big. And I mean, like big. And so think about that. Most of us, after we've had just sometimes one failure, one, we're devastated, we're embarrassed, you know, whatever the case might be, we lost our shirt and then we were afraid to try anything, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just keep in mind, it takes a lot 
you know, and now it's not making the same mistake 17 times, you know, that's making different mistakes so that you're learning. But, but sometimes times. you may have to make the same mistake. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. It. You can get up and walk through that, you know, door that shut 15 times and finally realize, well, wait a minute. Need to open up that door before I walk through it. <laughs> or choose a different door. Choose a different door. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I <laughs> I'm going to claim some guilt around that one. I think I've probably got some both. bruises on my forehead. <laughs> okay. So. We're going to wrap up. We're going to wrap up our amazing conversation. And thank you again, Nancy, for being here. And uh, our wonderful guest, Nancy, had requested that she could share a reading with you. So we're going to take the time to do that now, and then we'll close out the show. So you go ahead, Nancy. The Dash by Linda Ellis. I read of a man who stood to speak at the funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on her tombstone from the beginning to the end. He noted that first came the date of her birth and spoke of the following date with tears, but he said what mattered most of all was the dash between those years. For that dash represents all the time that she spent alive here on earth, and now only those who loved her know what that little line is worth. For it matters not how much we own, the cars, the house, the cash, what matters is how we live in love and how we spend our dash. So think about this long and hard. Are there things you'd like to change? For you never know how much time is left that can still be rearranged. If we could just slow down enough to consider what's true and real and always try to understand the way other people feel. Be less quick to anger and show appreciation more and love the people in our lives like we've never loved before. If we treat each other with respect and more often wear a smile, remembering that this special dash might only last a little while. So when your eulogy is being read with your life's actions to rehash, will you be proud of the things they say about how you spent your dash? Awesome such a beautiful poem. Thank you so much again, Nancy. And thank you listeners for listening in. And remember that there's always tools than gifts and tips that you're going to get through the different guests on the show today. And as Nancy shared is that her faith and her prayer is very important in her life. And that is she does this before she makes big decisions and that it is a constant in her life and that and her personal development. So as we stretch and grow and we become better and better in our lives and we remember to take care of ourselves and put our own oxygen masks on first. Remember, you are a miracle. Have an amazing day and we'll see you next time. Bye for now.